Hey guys, real quick, I want to apologize for some sound issues we had during the show. Um, hopefully it's not too distracting. Uh, it's not all the way through the episode. It's just in certain spots. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. Keep creeping. Welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. What's up, Creepus? How's everybody doing? Ready for a free episode, you free lotus? <laughs> but now I think things are settling down. I know we've been saying this for a mm-hmm. while, but they really are. Like I'm yeah. finally fully moved into my new place. Are you? How's and that going? You're going good? It's awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome living in a house, you know? Yeah, houses are great, dude. <laughs> it's underrated. Houses are great. It's underrated, underrated house living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As opposed to living in a, in a fifth wheel trailer. With, right, with exactly. a family. It's uh, so much better. So. Yeah. <laughs> you got a studio set up there? No, I'm literally recording in my bedroom right now. Last week, oh, okay. or, That's cool. yeah, what was it two weeks ago when we recorded? I was recording on my couch. Figured I'd try the bedroom oh. this time. I think it has a little better acoustics in here. Smaller room with more stuff in it. So, yeah, that is better. Yeah. That's better acoustics for podcasting. You're right. Absolutely no acoustics. Right. Just want it to be like a closet. Yeah, exactly. Got you. <laughs> so yeah, that, we have a bit of an elk problem though. It's full on like winter up here now. We have snow on the ground, and there's literally elk like in our yard every night and every morning. Because we have horses, so they're like trying to eat my wife's horse's hay, and it's just man. Oh, at first, I was I was talk about freeloaders, like, dude. Who, but, talk, uh, talk about freeloaders. Like uh, we, we actually <laughs> named one of these elk Frida the Freeloader because she's like a, usually they're in herds. She's alone every day yes. and like just eating all our shit. She's just she's just over there. All right, hey, I appreciate y'all. I right? really appreciate y'all leaving this uh this hay so close to the edge of the fence. Yeah. Y'all y'all looking out? Yeah. Yesterday, my wife went and shoot her out of here, and she like ran down the hill at our property and like looked back up with a big mouthful of hay. It was like, yeah, that's right, bitch. <laughs> like, damn, this is I'll different. Take this to go. This yeah, is thanks. different than living in Vegas by far. <laughs> so. Hey, man, you're you're living it up. My it, dog t- uh, took up took off after a buck the other day when we were walking in the woods. Hell yeah. Nothing I could do to stop him. He was like, oh, that's the biggest damn dog i ever seen. Fuck I'm going to yeah. fuck him up. Fuck took yeah. off after him. <laughs> Not a good idea. Uh, yeah. But luckily the buck took off, so all, yeah. all is well. He lives another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's what's his name again? I always forget. Monroe. Monroe. Yeah, Monroe. I was like, the buck yeah. stops here, bitch. Da-dum-tsh. Yeah, the buck stops here. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, nice. enough of the dad jokes. You guys ready to get yeah. into this? There's. We figured we'd do a topical episode this time. We, we've been wanting to, you know, get on kind of some some current yeah. stuff. And this documentary series just hit. This docu series just hit Netflix, and the preview came on as soon as I turned on my Netflix last week, and I was like, "Of course, it got did. sucked it, in." It was you. Got sucked yeah. right into it, and then I was talking to Michael, and I was like, "Hey, maybe we should do this." He's like, "Dude, I was thinking the same thing. We should definitely do that." And I guess yep. someone also suggested it. And so, yeah, it's very interesting. It's got Nazis and World War II and missing, you know, potentially um, somebody who was mistakenly identified. And it's a curious case of whodunit. It reminds me a lot of the Staircase docuseries, actually. It's, it's just it's, it's everything you want in a true crime series. Right. You're sitting there. There's a lot of back and forth. It's like one episode, you're like, oh, well, yep, he did he it. Did That's it. that motherfucker. The next episode, you're like, well, definitely not I can't him. convict him now. Nope, de- didn't do it. Yep. Oh, yep, definitely did it. Yep. Definitely did it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. get ready for this seesaw. Right, so let's, let's do it. Hey, guys, for the intro this week, I decided to play you guys a clip from an interview done by WKYC Studios out of Cleveland, Ohio. It's WKYC.com. This is an interview done with John Demanyuk's son, John Demanyuk Jr., and he's expressing 
his opinions of the Netflix documentary, and I thought it was only fair to play. So, without further ado. I'm glad that the story is being told. Uh, it's a matter of getting it right, uh, but uh, that just requires uh, an understanding of things that are readily available even on the internet. If anybody wants to uh, Google Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals to Mianyuk or Israeli Supreme Court decision, they can find the proof of uh, what was omitted from the documentary. But uh, And we're going to do something to ensure that the public is, is aware of these things. But you know, from my perspective, you know, people that have followed the case uh, knew my dad. They knew he wasn't that guy. He was a good person, and in the, in the end of the day, he had three criminal proceedings that took place over the years, and he was uh, he won them all. Uh, the extradition that was criminal here in the United States was overturned by a decision of fraud by our government. His citizenship was restored based on a decision of an additional fraud by the government, other evidence that was withheld from Judge Batisi, and then there was an acquittal in Israel, and when he died in Germany, the lower court decision was annulled and he died presumed innocent so we won and nobody can ever change that unfortunately the netflix documentary did not complete that picture uh, they omitted critical pieces of evidence that the viewers should have in order to understand better that the things that yoram shefta was saying about the case were actually based in uh, hard evidence all right, our case this week involves a man by the name of John Demanyuk. He was a Ukrainian-born man, uh, born in an uh, unfortunate time, who was uh, a product of the World War II situation, mm-hmm. got drugged into that. I like how that. you're being very careful here. I yeah, like I'm this. trying not to give too much away. But right, okay. where we'll pick this up is he is a man who has immigrated to America and uh basically took took over a whole new life there after having a tumultuous time over in Europe during during uh, the World War mm-hmm. and uh, and he just basically set out on a, a normal quiet life got a family got a job at the Ford factory which many Ukrainian immigrants did and right, living the American dream yeah living the American dream had a 30 year <laughs> career living at the Ford factory which man they showed some footage of that factory. Dude, that's no joke work right there. Right? That was some hard head down, living, bro. Nose to the grindstone work all day in, shit. day out. Yeah, I mean, you're just moving around like molten fucking metal and like fr- <laughs> car frames. and <laughs> yeah. like, I bet that's he had right, some dude. strong that's hands. Let's, just, let's put it that way. The dude was a that dude was a strong dude, no doubt in my yeah. mind. He uh, he done some shit. Yeah, so he had a quiet 30-year career at, at the Ford factory and, and had a nice little suburb home and... Nice little family, and uh, one day in the in the mid '80s, he basically gets a knock at his door, and uh, the world is basically led to believe that he is Ivan the Terrible, who was a Ukrainian-born uh, person who was brought in by the Germans and basically had to work as a guard at the famous Treblinka concentration camp. Right. And supposedly this man... As a gas chamber guard. As a gas chamber guard. And supposedly this man was one of the worst human beings in history. Ivan the Terrible was known by surviving Jews of the Holocaust as basically this this hellish, torturous man who not only would, you know, send all millions of people to the gas chamber, uh, but he was 
basically forcing them in there in by spear point and relished in it. And yeah, we have a lot of details of of this Ivan the terrible character, what he had done that we'll get into. Um, but yeah, he he is. It's 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 basically a shock to everyone in the community because he's living in the Cleveland suburb of Seven Hills, which is a nice, quiet community. Nothing's ever gone on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And and even his grandson, when uh, he was talking in this documentary we watched called the, the Devil Next Door, which is phenomenal. We you know we alluded to it at the beginning of of this episode. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, right. The Devil Next Door. He, they they inter- talked to his grandson a lot in it, and he was saying how you know the only. Th- reason you would ever even hear of seven hills is because of my grandfather and so all the neighbors the ford factory everyone is just shocked to hear that this guy is supposedly ivan the terrible you know and the government isn't that exactly where you would want to go if you were a nazi yeah exactly the quiet suburb of cleveland white suburb yeah (laughs) yeah it's a good hiding place yeah it seems like it because even working at the ford factory is a great place to kind of disappear you just become another grunt worker in there and there's not a lot of interaction that goes on well and i think he also kind of fell into the ford factory and that community and stuff because there was a a very high ukrainian population there as well yes and there was a a a big ukrainian church that he that he was there every sunday exactly exactly yeah and he he felt a little more little more at home there yeah well yeah many of the the ukrainian um immigrants during the war came that came over to america settled in seven hills for whatever reason they, they chose that place <clears throat> yeah so yeah so this whole community is just in shock that ivan the terrible has been living next door to them and they they say he's the sweetest man like he's a nice quiet gentleman great family man great to his his kids and his grandkids and mm-hmm. retired and just living a quiet life and they're almost like why do this to him um, but then, you know, if you, if you read up on Ivan the Terrible, if he really is Ivan the Terrible, you have to do this to him. You have Absolutely to. Absolutely have to because you have he was an a, obligation to it's humanity. Essentially, like Hitler's living next door. Like he was that level of evil, this Ivan the Terrible. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, in 1985, a group of Holocaust survivors identified Demaniuk as Ivan the Terrible, the sadistic Nazi t- uh, camp death guard who tortured men, women, children, and babies before pushing them into the gas chamber at Nazi German Treblinka camp in occupied Poland. Yeah, so in Poland were several of these terrible concentration camps. Um, Sobibor was another one. Um, and, yeah, they go over a lot of this stuff. In, and there's a lot of footage in the docuseries as well. Uh, I'm sure a lot, of, you know, most of you guys just going through school have seen footage of the Holocaust, the, the terrible images that that brings. But it is important. To, yeah. It's important to see, like we've talked about in the past, that sometimes seeing crime scene photos brings levity to it. It is. You know, you got to. It is because time, time can heal wounds. Sometimes wounds don't need to be. Yeah, up. we need to remember. We need to remember those wounds. I think and you that's, should that's every year on 9/11 you should watch footage from that day just to be reminded of how terrible it was and that just because time has gone by doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that it's any less now, you know. So Right. <clears throat> yeah, so the documentary The Devil Next Door shows a small but clear headshot of Demaniuk which set in the motion the investigation against him in 1985. So we couldn't as America, we couldn't actually persecute him for what he had done over there. It was out of our jurisdiction. It was in another country. And it was done to another race of people. And so basically the most that America could do once they discovered who he was is ex- uh, deport him. Deport him back to Deport Germany. him to Jerusalem. Deport him to Jerusalem, Jerusalem where the people that he had done this to could put a trial on for him and either you know convict him, which would mean certain death because of what he had done to their people, or, right. or you know discover that it wasn't him. 
And so, yeah, um, his name had been on a list of war criminals after he immigrated to the U.S., and a group of Holocaust survivors identified Domanuk's image from a lineup after the image was sent over from the KGB in the 1980s. Now, that's the one thing that we'll have to get into is that Russia was the one that made us aware of him hiding out yeah. in our country, and this was Cold War times in the 80s, it's, you know, and it's kind of like... Did the like, Soviets lie, hmm. though? I mean, come on, dude. Dude, no, they're as honest <laughs> as they come when it, when it comes to foreign relations and everything, right? Like, they only tell right. America the truth. So. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're honest with us. Right. We, they're our best friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're our good oh, red friends over there. That's right. <laughs> um, the, so this is what's crazy, though, is supposedly... We get these, we get like basically like a, um, a notebook, right, with a bunch of pictures from ID cards of Nazi guards and whatnot that survived the war and made it out of the, made it out of Germany and stuff. And right. we get like this, this, this note, notebook filled with all these pictures of people who supposedly are hiding out in America who are Nazi uh, sympathizers and also were Nazis himself. And so right. we are, we have um, our intel and stuff sit down with, Holocaust survivors that are in America now, and they aren't expecting this, but they keep pointing at the same picture, and it's of this John Demaniuk, and they're saying that was Ivan from uh, Treblinka. He was the gas chamber guard. He was Ivan the Terrible, and by this time, Ivan the Terrible is well known. Everyone, you know, like they're like they're blown away because they didn't realize what they had sitting there. They were expecting right. he was just kind of in the lineup as like a secondary. There was another guy next to him. I forget who it was, but was more you know well known as well known as Ivan the Terrible that they were expecting to to get. But they wanted to get as many as they could. Right. But they were blown away by time after time. All of these Holocaust survivors were the first person they would go to was him. That's Ivan. And so right, they, it did start to yeah. That's how it really picked up steam. Snowballed fast. from there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So. Born in, uh, we'll go into his past uh, through his his life, um, John John Demenuk. Um, he was born in the Ukraine on April third of nineteen twenty. He shares a birthday with Eddie Murphy, Alec Baldwin, and Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Quite a group. Wow, that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a, a funny there. group, right? That's a really funny. That group. is a funny group. All, all three of them. Uh, on the verge of crazy with all three of them, I would say Amanda Bynes mm. for sure. In a good way. A little you bit know, crazy. D- Real quick, though, super quick side tangent, everybody. I'm so sorry. But Eddie Murphy in that Comedians and Cars with Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Have you watched that episode? Right? I did watch that episode. He, he was interesting, but not crazy. He was not just, crazy. He just lives like a boring, boring. life. He's boring. like, I just like, I would dude, say boring. When he for was sure. saying that stuff, I, I totally relate to that, though. Like, I really appreciate days where I'm just like sitting, like watching my kids do stuff. Yeah. Because he, I feel like I'm taking it in the mo- the at the most optimal rate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm. Taking in this memory, this is something I'm really trying to process. Another thing I took I, from him on that episode was how uh, good he looked, how young he looked. That that must be yeah. that that stress free lifestyle that he's living now. I was blown yeah, he away that he's as old as he is. He's got what is he like sixty, at least. At least. I mean, he was famous yeah. as fuck during the time that we're this episode we're talking about in the mid '80s. He that's like the height of his fame was in the right. '80s, and that was you know you're talking thirty something years ago now. And he looks yeah. like he could be in his 30s still. That's what's crazy. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he looks great, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, that was that was one of my favorite episodes of Comedians and Cars getting a great show. Absolutely. Also on Netflix. So we're just That's like right. basically doing yeah. a big Netflix ad read today. Okay. Uh, yeah, because they need more money and more <laughs> right. people. And yeah, so he was born in the Ukraine in 1920. He was raised in an impoverished 
in impoverished conditions and along with his family endured an engineered famine in the 1930s that killed millions of Ukrainians. Um, he was drafted into the Soviet Army around 1940, the year before the Nazi-Soviet non-aggression pact disintegrated. He was captured by the Nazis in 1942 after being wounded while fighting. That's what's crazy is that he was actually a, 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 PO, a POW captured by right. the Nazis and ends up being one of the most famous Nazis, supposedly. Yeah, um, that's insane. That's a, that's a way to rise through the ranks there. Yeah, I guess. You just kind of switch sides <laughs> and become their best player. <laughs> yeah. Um, the question that became the focus of the trials decades later was what he did for the three years following 1942 after being captured by the Nazis. Various of pieces of conflicting evidence placed Demanuk in different concentration camps during the final years of the war. He maintained until his death that he was a prisoner at a labor camp and was forced to work as a guard. Um, he ended up joining the army of, of General Andrei Vlasov who consisted of mostly Ukrainian soldiers who sided with the Nazis in an effort to overthrow the Soviet Union. And so, yeah, when he goes under Vlazov, um, I think that's where these Ukrainians were trained specifically for death camps. They were trained in killing, body disposal, all of the things yes. that would be valuable at a concentration camp during this time. Um, very dark and twisted training that they received. And, I, I mean, I think in such a like we mentioned, tumultuous time that he was growing up in this time and place, right. uh, going through the famine and then be, you know, being a Russian soldier and then being captured by the Nazis and being trained by the Nazis in this. Right. This is, this is one thing that you can, you can pin to the board. You know what I'm saying? Like as we're moving along, this, this story gets a lot of like, oh, here's some evidence. Oh, it's debunked. Here's some evidence. But this is one thing. He did have that training. Yeah. That's confirmed. He yeah. had that training. He was, and so. we, as we, we learn more and more going through this this docuseries and by studying him, you learn that he was at Sobibor. And if he was at Sobibor, like, there's just too much evidence that he was if, there. If you're at Sobibor alone, let's yeah. say he didn't go anywhere else. If I you're at Sobibor and you survived and you weren't a Jew, like, you were there, it's, you were there as a guard and you were killing You were killing Jews. people. Yeah. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, he then volunteered to transfer to Trewink. Troninki concentration camp where he undertook, yeah. that's where he took undertook the special training to become a guard at extermination camps, was at Troninki. Troninki. Okay. Right. Um, Demanik was a guard at Sobibor, as we had mentioned, in occupied Poland from March to September of 1943, where he was found to have helped murder 28,000 Jews by gassing them to death with exhaust fumes. The former SS guard was complicit in, in herding thousands of terrified new arrivals down a concentration walkway called the road to heaven just yikes just i mean it's, just, it's not only physical it's it's mental like these guards were they were also trained to to beat these people down yeah. you know what i mean in a mental capacity as well they were they they relished in this opportunity i know we said it earlier but it's it's pretty obvious in some of the old footage and what they did is above and beyond the holocaust to me is the one the, like the like the glaring thing of history that I still can't even wrap my head around. Like I, I, I've listened to the Mongol series, the hardcore history Dan Carlin did, and that's yeah. some of that is just hard to believe. It's because it's so recent. Dude. But the Holocaust is just it, it just doesn't recent. even make sense in my mind. I just think about it. I'm just like six we, million people, over six million people. You know, like kids, children. Like it just, I just cannot I think believe because we like to think that we're evolved past that sort of genocide 
But right. then when that reverts back, it's scary. But but we're just we're primal beings, man. Yeah, it you was literally I mean? one like, generation ago. There's still people alive thing. that yes. there's still people around. Absolutely. There's people trying to do that now. There I was at uh I, mean, I was at the Golden Knights most uh recent home game against the Sharks and they they had a World War II veteran at the game. They they put him on the Jumbotron and he's waving. I'm like, holy shit. The stuff this guy's seen, you know? Like that that's his generation. He was around during the Holocaust. Yep. It's that's how recent it was that you know a, an entire race of people was almost exterminated. Just absurd. Just to even use that word is gross to me though. Exterminate. Like they use that all the time when they talk about the Holocaust, but it, they're human right. beings, you know. They're not it's, insects. Like it's just a creepy word to even use. I know, man. It's, you and like I said, you want to feel like we're we're civilized past that. We're evolved past that type of cruelty. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, following the war, Demanuk went to a displaced persons camp. With his wife, he immigrated to the U.S. in 1952 and settled in Cleveland, where he became a naturalized citizen in 1958 and worked at the Ford Motor Plant until his retirement about 30 years later. That's one thing that at the end of the documentary, they had like this this moment where they, they basically were like, this is more common than you think. There is, there's way more former Nazis in the U.S., than people right. like to believe because we basically let them in with open arms because they were they were anti communist anti communist and right. our biggest fear was Russia at the time during the Cold War and so we were like eh we'll kind of look the other way with the stuff you did as a Nazi guard and we'll let you in and also if you're a German Nazi scientist even more like we're gonna try and recruit you over here let alone like it's mm-hmm. okay we'll let you in no like we are actively trying to get you. Some of our best rocket right. scientists and stuff were former Nazis. Absolutely, and absolutely. So, that's that's a hard truth, dude. But it's yeah, it's reality. So in the cities, uh, Ukrainian American community very tight knit. As footage in the Devil Next Door shows, he was all by all accounts known as a church going family man. However, the facade started to crumble in the late 1970s when the U.S. government announced it had evidence that he'd served as concentration camp guard and began the process of revoking his citizenship, alleging that he had lied on immigration forms to hide his actions during World War II. And so, yeah, I think what he had done, uh, that's what the, the part that blew me away later on in the docuseries, like episode four or whatever, when they when the KGB released, they got the documents from the KGB after the Berlin right. Wall fell and everything. And yes. they, they were saying that all the guards that were killed over there that had made their last statements and said that Ivan the Terrible was that other name that was actually his maiden name when they looked into it. That blew me away too. I'm like, if that's, that makes it even look more like he's him. Yeah. Like, of course he would his use maiden his maiden name, name like over there. But, Machat, it was like yeah, we'll get to it. It's in the do- it's, it's in the like crime that. line. I, I gotta try and yeah, I can't remember find but, it, uh, but but yeah, that was too much of a coincidence for me, dude. When that evidence came right. out, I was like sold. Right. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to talk at the end whether we actually think he was Ivan the Terrible. I mean, I think it's clear he did some bad stuff, and he was you know definitely a guard at concentration camps. But um, mm-hmm. whether he was Ivan the Terrible or not, we'll have to make that judgment at the end of this for you guys. Okay. Um, Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, so officials at the U.S. De- Department of Justice's Office of Special Investigations, which pursued such crimes, said they had obtained evidence alleging that Demenuk was not just any Nazi prison guard, but in fact one of the most notorious gas chamber operators at the Treblinka concentration camp who sadistically 
whose sadistic cruelty earned him the nickname Ivan the Terrible, which if you look up Ivan the Terrible, there's actually like a Russian, uh, I don't know, at the time, the 1500s king or whatever he was, it's like an evil man as well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, they must have taken that and put that on him. Um, yeah, that's what I thought someone was suggesting when they were suggesting Ivan the Terrible, but when then when I Googled it, it came up the documentary, and I was like, oh, that's probably what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Demaniuk was denaturalized as a U.S. citizen in 1981 and extradited to Israel for a high-profile, heart-rendering trial in which multiple survivors of Treblinka identified Demaniuk as Ivan the Terrible, and that's what this docuseries consists of. The bulk of it is the trials against him. Uh, most of it over in Israel, right. and then there was also another one in Germany, um, which we'll get to. But it was quite the roller coaster ride. He didn't really get a trial in America because quite the show too. Yeah, so dramatic. In America, basically, a judge just had to decide to decide whether he was worth extraditing to face trial, which they quickly decided he was after the OSI's findings and everything. And so, mm-hmm. that, and his family was just dumbfounded. They were saying, "There's no way he could be this man." His family stood by him to the end saying, you know, like, I know my, my father, I know my grandfather, he's a gentle, kind man, and, the, and we've read up on Ivan the Terrible, and there's just not, no possible way that he's the same man as the man mm-hmm. we know. And, of course, we've seen that time and time again. Like, sociopaths, there's a fav- one of my favorite lines from that, I think, was from his former supervisor at Ford. Do you remember that? Right. He was saying, like, you can live among a sociopath and you won't know it until they eat you. <laughs> I was just like, holy yeah. fuck. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, I do remember it's that. so true. I was like, it's a weird way of saying it, but yeah. yeah you know, so. it's like the whole time I'm looking in his eyes and I, I, I just didn't trust him. I felt like oh, he was dude. very cold, right? Like you look and he's just like, and there's times in the trial. All you have to- and it could have been the editing. Sorry, go ahead and say what you're saying. Oh, I, was, I was just going to say, all you have to do is watch him during the trial. Yeah. When those when those survivors are up there, like it brought me to tears. Like I don't know. Now how it could have been editing somebody too. Somebody could watch it. it. it easily could have been. It could have been. We've seen that before with documentaries where they, you know, they they choose to splice in him laughing during the trial right after like the one of the Holocaust survivors testifies and they're crying about their children being killed and stuff. Fair enough. They could have then cut in him laughing, and it could have been him laughing from another time. That could have been if it was a biased docuseries but it didn't really seem to be biased they really had people from both they sides constantly they would talk to you know the 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 prosecutor the defense the, yeah the 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 jewish prosecutor in jerusalem they would they would talk to mm-hmm. him and obviously he wanted to get this guy he believed he was Ivan the terrible and he never had anything good to say about him and then they would cut to uh Demaniuk's defense attorney uh, who was quite the character and one of the best parts oh, of the docu series? That guy, he's the he's the um, Jewish Better Call Saul. Right, <laughs> he was Wait, totally Bob Better Call already Jewish. He though? was totally yeah. I think he was. Yeah, I think Bob Odenkirk is is Jewish. Yeah, I may be wrong. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> still funny. He was yeah he. But to be fair, I think I actually do believe that he didn't he didn't believe he was having the terrible. I think he knew that oh, really? he was a, I think he knew he was a Nazi guard, but I don't I think he, right. he truly believed he wasn't Ivan the Terrible. I, I right. wanna hope and I wanna believe that so that he wasn't just completely sold out for the money and like being Jewish, like that's a, yeah. that would amaze me if he if he was knowingly defending Ivan the Terrible for money, you know, as a Jewish man, knowing what happened to his people. Uh huh. That that would yeah. be crazy. <clears throat> but that's why he but was so hated. One over thing there too. I can't Right. But one thing I can say for him, he was in, in true uh, defense lawyer lingo. He never said 
that he wasn't a criminal. Right. He just always said he's not Ivan the Terrible. He was very careful about that throughout the entire documentary because I, I noticed it early on, and then I was like, Cause how can, I was like, how can he believe he's not Ivan at this point? Right. You know, and then he would always, he would always say, you know, maybe, maybe he was there. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely there. Maybe he did this, maybe he did that, but he's not this person whose crimes you were trying to pin upon him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what a defense attorney should do. I mean, basically, if you're on trial for being this person, Ivan the Terrible. Exactly. And the the whole. You narrow narrow your, your focus to just that subject. Exactly. And so I and, I and that's that's someone has to defend him, and I think that's the kind of the stance he took is like you're saying he's having the terrible. I'm saying he's not. I'm going to defend him, and if I get him off, I'm going to feel great about it because you know yeah. if I can prove he's not, then he's not. You know, but I right. he wasn't going to go buy a new Porsche. It, it would have yeah, it would have been interesting to see his stance if they were just saying he was a concentration camp guard, you know, a Nazi guard. Then would he have? Defended oh, him as vehemently, would he have taken the case? I don't know. I don't think he would have took the case. There, that was that was undeniable. Yeah, I mean, even he said that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so yeah, that was that, that was like we said. The bulk of the docu series was courtroom footage, which I, I love. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's basically what it's re- very good footage. Though. It is. Oh, man. It reminded. It's so intense. It's so like I mean, you're over. You, basically, the courtroom was filled with uh, survivors of the con- of uh, of the Holocaust. Over in Jerusalem, the the judges even felt like they were, they hated the guy that was, I mean, which shouldn't be the way it is, but there was, it just seemed like the judges. You're in Israel. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. They couldn't, I mean, ultimately, what could they do? Because they couldn't even, I mean, if they didn't show their hatred towards this man, then the the whole crowd was going to, I mean, you saw what happened to the defense attorney later, like stuff can Bad things can happen to you just walking around the streets if you're involved in this case, if you're not on the right side of it. Because right. because there's all these witnesses taking the stand who are pointing at him and saying, I was there, you are him, I remember you, I remember your face, I remember your eyes. Remember the moment where the, the one uh, witness walk, like said, I want him to take his glasses off and I'm going to walk over to right. him and I want to oh, look dude. in his one eyes and parts. I will tell you if he is the man and he yeah. walked over there and, and the man you tried oh to shake God. his hand, put his hand out to <laughs> tried shake. to shake his hand. I was like, no, he didn't. Right. No, he didn't. And, and the man was just like, how dare you try to shake my hand? You are him. I'm looking in your oh. eyes. You're the same man. You are Ivan the terrible, the murderer, you murderer. You know, it was just so intense. Right. It's intense. And then to play devil's gets. advocate and then to play devil's advocate, his defense attorney came out with a great argument. And he said, do you really think, this old man was going to walk up to him and say, Ooh, "We made oh, a mistake. Nope, my mistake <laughs> right. on live TV in front of sixteen live channels, right. in front of the whole world." You're, he's going to go, "Oh, yeah, in front mind, of your countrymen <laughs> who are convinced it's right. him, who are convinced this man murdered their families." You're going to go exactly. up and go, "Oh, you know, now that I'm really a getting courtroom. a closer look at you, my eyes are yeah. going out. You know, it was quite a ways away." <laughs> Can I borrow your handkerchief there? Thank you. Demandu gives him a handkerchief. Yeah. He rubs his glasses yeah. off. Dude, I know. I 100% oh, yeah, no 100% agree that he had to say it was him once he made that move. Had to. Had man. to. And had he had to. to put on a dramatic display whether he believed it was him or not. That's right. And if and to be fair, if he didn't if he didn't actually think it was him, he put on a hell of an acting show. I think he actually did believe it was him or he wanted to believe it was him. But what's crazy is that same man, uh, his name was Rosenberg, right? That's right. Rosenberg, he was one of the famous witnesses from this case. 
what was crazy is that a big piece of evidence for the defense came out not long after that moment where he walked over to supposedly Ivan the Terrible and said, you are him, I'm looking in your eyes. They found Mm -hmm. a written work from Rosenberg at the time of the war where he he was one of 70 people who escaped Treblinka in a big basically prison break like they basically decided look we're going to die here anyway we might as well fight back and try to escape most of the people who mm-hmm. tried to escape died because like the whole camp revolted and 70 of them made it out and supposedly during this time when he was escaping he found Ivan the Terrible sleeping along with some other uh camp people uh and they supposedly killed him with a spade shovel they bashed him over the head in Rosenberg's own writings so either he lied yeah. in his writings at following the war, or he was lying in the courtroom pointing at Ivan, or I, pointing at John Demanuk and saying, "You are Ivan right. the Terrible." One, there was just no way around it. He lied in one or the other. So, and I tr- I choose to believe that he was more of a dramatic man in in general. And I think that he mm-hmm. said basically he said when he was questioned on the stand about it that um, he wanted it would be an uplifting moment if. Uh, you know the Jewish the Jewish people found out that this evil man Ivan the Terrible was murdered by Jews. Okay, and so he kind of right. he basically admitted I made the story up after uh, about the prison break and killing Ivan the Terrible. Or, but I believe exactly it was him. because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You know that document is going to be history yeah. at that time in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. There was no other. If it was written down and it was printed, hey, that's what happened, brother. Yeah, and they won that time. So why wouldn't you put your name on a document and say I? I killed Ivan the Terrible. Your grandkids are going to study Because that. then you might, years later, 40 years later, Michael, be on trial. I mean, who could have seen that? <laughs> 40 years who later, cares? you're going to be on the stand saying that this man you killed 40 years ago is sitting in front of you now. Yeah, that's well, ironic, well, now isn't it? Now you're, now you're even more notable in history. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, nothing bad could come of, of lying and telling that fib. Like, damn, they earned it. They were in a concentration camp, for Christ's sakes. Yep. You know what I mean? They could say whatever they want. If they, <laughs> in my opinion, I bet they dipped out. Yeah. I mean, they're all naked, unarmed. You're really going to go in these tents with guards or wherever they Yeah, are? and you really think Ivan the Terrible is going to be sleeping through all this? <laughs> He's Hell just no. fast asleep. And is, I mean, the, the, the commotion it must <laughs> he knows. have caused, you know, it, was, it must oh, have been You know, he had, he had to have had one or two nightmares about an uprising. Right. He had to have. Yeah. If, if, well, I don't know. That dude's a sociopath, That's man. true. He's a sociopath. Yeah. So, yeah, the courtroom was just so passionate and heated on a daily basis, survivors coming up and being basically allowed by the court, which I thought was a little, it was different than most trials that I've studied in that the judges, as we said, seem to be leaning on the, this is Ivan the Terrible, fuck him. Let's let every witness that wants to come up here, every surviving Holocaust member come up here and tell their entire story to the jury Mm -hmm. and to the crowd of people. And it was just, I don't know, it seemed like a lot of it, a lot of the times, didn't help prove he was Ivan the Terrible. It was just more them letting, he was, the court was letting them vent, which I see absolutely why they did yeah. that. They needed it, yeah. they needed this, mo- like, chance while they were still around, because a lot of them were about, you know, they were very old. They weren't going to be That's around right. much longer. They needed this chance to, in front of the world, because the whole world was watching this trial, to tell right. their story, you know, in, even if it, a lot of times it wasn't proving this was Ivan the Terrible, this gave them a chance to, to tell their story, which is part of history, right. as like we mentioned. There was one guy that comes to mind in particular. He was an older gentleman, and the defense, in order to question his, 
his answers, they asked him like a series of questions. And they asked, one of the things they asked was, what, did he have any children? And he said, yes, I had, I had two children that were killed uh, at Treblinka. Mm-hmm. And he said, what are their names? And he could only oh, remember yeah. one of their names. That was the same that man. Was, dude, that broke my heart, that, dude. And that was the same man. That was actually, that, that guy being on the stand helped the defense a bit because he That's was shown to be senile a little bit because they asked him how right. he was. He basically uh, pointed out the picture of Demaniuk as Ivan the Terrible in America you know the mm-hmm. the OSI interviewed him and he he was one of the people that pointed him out and they said how did you get to Florida from Poland and he said he right. took a train oh, yeah. he said he took a train to Florida from Poland like, oh, which no. if you understand geography even in the slightest it makes no sense um so yeah, it's underwater train actually Lauren <laughs> right in your face. yeah right it was <laughs> one of those advanced Nazi trains <laughs> well, that go under the ocean. Elon Musk trains right. it's under the- <laughs> yeah so yeah, he didn't help the case much. You know, there was there was talk that, you know, these people had gotten old and they they their memory has, was gone and they wanted someone to take the blame for this pain that they were dealing with and that was a lot of the defense's you know case against it. And also mm-hmm. they they tried to say that the identity card that uh, basically was was the one surefire piece of evidence to prove he was Ivan the Terrible was an identity card. Right. Uh, they were saying that that was a forgery done by the Russians and the KGB to try and create division in America between U- Ukrainian citizens and uh, and uh, Jewish citizens of America because both of those factions of people in America were anti-communist. Right. And so if they could create any division in America, which we talked about, Russians, totally trustworthy, right, as far as, like, American relations. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense that they would try and create division. That's, you know, that's what... Uh, enemy countries do to each other uh, you know Russians were it one does. of the best with spies and everything and so it, but some of their reasons for calling this card a fraud just didn't make much the sense the staple holes me. were a little odd the staple hole well, well listen I what he had to bring in a picture of himself True. I'm sure to enlist True. so he probably had all his paperwork stapled together yeah and, and then you're they talking about the 40s and then they put it on his card yeah and you're talking yeah, about the 40s so I'm sure they had his, one picture yeah. of him and then he just kept reusing it for different identifications exactly. and stuff exactly Exactly. That's not that's not that far fetched at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, so his defense attorney said that the card was a flimsy piece of evidence and that the photo appeared to have been tampered with in 1988. However, with all the evidence considered and everything, in the trial finally coming to an end, Demaniuk was found guilty of being Ivan the Terrible, the sadistic Nazi death camp guard at Treblinka, and was sentenced to death by hanging. And so, you know, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen the next day. There was going to be an appeal right away. Uh, That's right. attorney said there will be an appeal. I'm going to be a part of it. And some crazy stuff happens. That's where one of the twists and turns in this, in this uh, whole docuseries happens is we, we kind of like alluded to the Berlin wall. Um, the Berlin wall falls, uh, East and West Germany, yeah, the whole thing goes down, and part of that meant that the KGB files that have been kind of locked away pertaining to uh, John Demaniuk slash Ivan the Terrible were made accessible, and actually his defense attorney, John Demaniuk's defense attorney, was able to go over to Russia and work with the KGB and get his hands. He was actually faxed the files that he needed, supposedly okay, proving that they weren't the same person, that Ivan the Terrible and John Demaniuk, and that's where we get that other name which ended up being his 
his uh, right. maiden name. But here's the thing. It's like this whole entire trial, his defense attorney has done nothing but shit on Soviet Union evidence. <laughs> and now you're going to the Soviet Union yeah. to get your key piece of evidence. Right. He's saying now it's they're like, now they're trustworthy. You know, this is the this is yeah, them telling if, the if, truth. If he Before threw that they were on the lying. table, I would immediately <laughs> if he threw that on the table, I would immediately shove it off. I'd be like, No, that's garbage, right? right. That's what you told me. Yeah. Like, no, man. Yeah. You can't bring this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the devil next door shows the fall of the Berlin Wall on November 9th, 1989, foreshadowed the release of a trove of once-secret Soviet Union documents, including new evidence from eyewitness testimonies that suggested that Ivan the Terrible was a different man named Ivan Marchenko, which Marchenko was John Demanuk's mother's maiden name. And so it makes total sense right. if you think about it that he would use his mother's maiden name if he was working as a, you know, if he was lying on documents, uh, you know, being a... Trying to hedge his bets as, as a concentration government. Let's say maybe the the war ends not in our favor. I know I'm not going to be treated well doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So let's use a different name just to kind of be able to have an escape plan, which he got away with for many years. Um, this dude was no idiot, right? He was no idiot, and so That's but sure. ba- basically these these fellow Nazi guards that were executed uh, following the war, in their last statements, they were basically asked, you know, what they know, and they kept saying that they pointed out the picture uh, of a man that was not the picture we know that John DeManu kind of got convicted with, that, that picture, famous picture of him from the docuseries, but a different-looking man. And they were saying, that's mm-hmm. Ivan the Terrible. His name was Ivan Marchenko. And so it, it basically, this was like the smoking gun evidence now that the defense had to bring for an appeal. And... right. The most shocking now, part now, of the whole docuseries was that it actually worked. <laughs> that, that was what blew me away. It actually worked. He was actually freed. Yeah. But this picture, to be fair, I mean, these pictures are from the 40s. Like, yeah. they're not the best quality. To me, though, and these, the picture they were using to say that Demaniuk was Ivan the Terrible and then this picture of this Ivan Marchenko, two definitely totally different people. Like, even the, even the per- prosecution Oh, the two old pictures? It. Yeah, the two old pictures. They were different yeah. men. They were not, that was not the I, same person. I agree. So. Um, I agree. And the Israeli Supreme Court agreed and acquitted Demanuk in 1993, and and that caused an uproar, man. That that set, oh man, that set Israel ablaze. Like they, of course, all the people that were so happy that he was convicted. Let's let's just quickly bring up when he was convicted and sentenced to death. They they were celebrating like you wouldn't believe in the courtroom. That was actually kind of a sad humanitarian part for me in that docuseries. Like as much as. If he was Ivan the Terrible, I'm with them 100% celebrating, clapping, all that stuff. But like, just not being 100% sure myself, he was Ivan the Terrible. Maybe he was just your, you know, average just Nazi your average concentration Nazi camp Jew guard. Torturer? Yeah, dude, come on, dude. Yeah, right. I mean, he still deserves. But it, a though. small part of me, you know, some people may disagree, but a small part of me thinks like, what else? Uh, to be the one person, you know, like a lot of these people that were put in a bad spot, yeah. especially the. You know, like the Ukrainian men that were captured by the Nazis and forced to work in concentration camps. Like to me, part of me says, like, what would it take to be the one that? What would happen to you if you were the one that said, "I'm not doing this"? You would be killed yourself. So it was. I'd like to think yeah, I would just take that over killing it, in a bunch of innocent people myself. You know, I'd like to think I'd be that one, but. <sighs> yeah, I hate to say it. I yeah, I hate to say it, but. I also could never relish in it. I couldn't bring myself 
to no, push no, a that's Jew what I'm with saying. a bayonet that's, into something. Like even if I was that, if I was forced to do it at gunpoint, it was like you do this or you die. And I had a family to support. If I was just me, I'd be like, well, I'm I can't do right. it. Right. That's my I'm point. Done. If he was but Ivan the I Terrible, hundred percent, hundred percent, fucking fuck him. I would celebrate. I would dance on his grave. Like fuck him. Um. Yeah, and I'm not a Nazi everybody, sympathizer everybody by any means. Don't get say, me wrong. I'm just saying, like, right, it was no, just a bad I, dude, situation for many listen, people back then. You know, this this is a real conversation right here. There, in that situation, there's a lot. I'm not going to sit here and say every Nazi soldier enjoyed what they did. There's no fucking way. Right. There's no way. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? There had to have been people who were just like, I have no choice. Yeah. I mean, it's like being drafted to, to join the U.S. Army. Like, what are you going to do here? Like, right now. Right. You know what I mean? If you were drafted, if if you were accepted in a draft to join the U.S. Army, guess what, buddy? You're, you're a soldier. Yeah, you're going. That's it. Or you want to go to prison for the rest and of your life? And say you're fighting for a cause you don't believe. You get exactly. you get there, and you you have the brotherhood with the the men you're alongside, and you're gonna like fighting right. like fighting in Vietnam. You know, like a lot of the dudes just didn't want to be there. They didn't believe in the cause. That's and, right. But they did their but they had to the do their duty. Time, but they didn't, you know, they really didn't have another choice. You could right. draft dodge, and, at the same and then you time, get put in jail. Their families, they knew their families would be taken care of as well. Yep. You know, at this time, because. They're, they're still getting paid to be part of this military. It's not the job they want, but it's better than putting people put to death or right. in prison. Exactly. Yeah, and so where we kind of got off track there was uh, initially when he was convicted and sentenced to death, they were ecstatic, clapping, like saying, you know, fuck you, murderer, blah, 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 like, you're going to hang. And then fast forward a bit, he has his appeal. The new evidence is brought to life by the Berlin Wall falling and the KGB cooperating. And he's basically let set free again and he's he's basically let being let go back to america and nothing's going to happen to him and the people of israel are just right. man they they were distraught to say the least <laughs> sorry about that mr demanuk see you at church on sunday <laughs> yeah exactly and even his defense attorney oh, it's so creepy just like walking around in the public in israel had he actually he went to the he went to the whose funeral did he go to um there was a oh that's right they, it was a Jewish well, no they brought right? in remember they brought in another man before the the appeal they had gotten this powerful former judge to come and help the defense and it was a big like it was a big moment mm-hmm. it's like oh this guy's gonna help us win this appeal and the man the man oh, was yeah. a closet homosexual and when he went over to Israel to help the defense win the appeal he was kind of wasn't he. Um, he was basically kind of like stalked and tormented a bit. Like there were there was people calling him and leaving messages and stuff. That's an understatement, yeah. man. His whole family was being yeah, threatened. and because he was homosexual, and there that word had gotten out about that, and also he was defending what they thought was you know a murderous evil man. Well, I think I think the fact that he's homosexual was kind of always yeah. known, but they knew right away. Hey, whoa, we already yeah. got this on him, and now so he's defending Ivan the Terrible. Fuck him. Right, it never was a problem until yeah. until now. And so five days in. before the appeal trial was supposed to start, he jumped out of a like a thirty story building and killed himself. And so the defense right. attorney for the main defense attorney for John Demanuk attended his funeral, along with a lot of he was also beloved by many as well. You know, he wasn't just fully hated. We can't just put that out there. That he, you know, all of Israel hated him. But he, he, Many, like hundreds, attended his funeral, and among them was John DeManuke's attorney, and he had acid thrown in his face 
by one of the uh, Holocaust survivors that was at the trial and almost went yeah. blind from it. Um, and so that that kind of gives you a little bit of a taste of how upset this country was that uh, that John Demanuk, you know, who they believed was Ivan the Terrible, was set free during his appeal process. Right, and they, in large part, blamed this yeah. man. Because it wasn't the the uh, defense side wasn't going too well until right. he took over. Yeah, that's right. He actually fired his first uh, American attorney. He fired his first defense yeah. attorney. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, the attorney, right. the, his first attorney, was supposedly was was better for writing wills and stuff, and not so much for like he wasn't a great trial turn, attorney. And so uh, he was right. definitely better right. off. That they made the right move firing him, I think. And that guy was interviewed a also, lot during it, and and vehemently believed that he was not Ivan the Terrible. Well, also, wouldn't it be better to yeah. have a Jewish attorney? Like, even if he is, you know, the hated right. Jew. I mean, you ain't gonna get you ain't gonna get yeah. the top Jew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got, <laughs> you're gonna get the top <laughs> Jew. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, any resolution Demanuk and his family felt when his conviction of in Israel was overturned soon disappeared, and that's where this this docu series took another spin. Is that you think you know? Dang, he got he got off on the appeal. He went back to America, and now he's just kind of like re- go back into his quiet life. And he was already old, and you know, it's going to be the end soon. And but, uh, however, a year after he became a U.S. citizen again, you got to give the U.S. government a lot of credit for sticking with this. They were not going to let this this Nazi concentration camp guard who may or may not have been an evil murderous man during right. i mean obviously played a part in that death machine over there there's no doubt about that right you can't put a time limit on no. those crimes and by not prosecuting him you say right. that you can you say oh well that's yep. in the past and also you have similar political mindsets so yeah. we'll forgive that so the u.s government got involved again they restarted the process of denaturalizing him um, over charges that he had served as a guard at other concentration camps. So they kind of gave up on the idea of him being Ivan the Terrible, and that's where the wheels got in motion again. They were like, we know he was at Sobibor. He was a const- he was a, a Nazi concentration camp guard at Sobibor, where he definitely partook in mm-hmm. the, the murders of thousands, if not millions, of Jewish people, innocent people. And right. That's, we just need to retitle exactly. these charges. Exactly. Let's just drop the whole Ivan thing, <laughs> and let's get him as just a, a straight-up man that took part in this evil death cog as a cog in this death machine. That's right. Um, and in 2002, his citizenship was revoked again, following the years of Demanic fighting against the charges. He, and this is where I think was actually a brilliant move because um, the whole time also his son-in-law had been defending him and is interviewed in this, this docuseries. And his son-in-law, I think, pulled a pretty smart move when they, when they found out that now the U.S. government was coming after him again. And uh, he told – I think they came up with this game plan to make him look like he was just on death's door because when the footage of him yeah. being wheeled wheeled out, like mouth open, like looked like he was dead already and put into a paramedic uh, wagon to basically go okay. go to court for this. Right. So sometime in between where he was cleared mm-hmm. on that appeal and then – A year later, right? A year later. In 2002, <laughs> his, his, his uh, son-in-law – became one right. hell of a lawyer. <laughs> like, that dude was doing right. some damn research. Like, what is his motive here? He must really like his daughter. He's really trying to get right. that blessing or something. Maybe he's like, I'll never give you right. my blessing. <laughs> I'll get you free, I promise, Mr. D. But, uh, right. Mr. D, did call him that. I don't know. I'm like, why is why is he so devoted to this man? I don't know. Like, he just I truly believed in his innocence, so hard I for guess. his father-in-law, I, I guess. 
I guess. I guess so, man. But he became one hell yeah, of a so lawyer. They, like right right towards the They made the him end look there. like over that year like uh John Domenuk had just basically fallen apart physically and was was on the verge of death and flying him over, you know, into Europe again. Now they were going to fly him to Germany to face charges as a former Nazi guard and well, as calm as he looked, you know that took a oh, toll no on doubt. him. You know, stress-wise. But, it man, they made him look, like, decrepit, like he was just bedridden and, and couldn't move. And but, However, the, the <laughs> OSI had been watching him. You know, they'd, they'd been stalking him. Right. And so, like, they, they'd caught footage of him, like, the previous week, walking in and out, getting out of the car, walking into, like, a, a doctor's appointment, coming back out, getting in the car. Right, like, right. they knew damn well he was playing this up. <laughs> and, and the whole defense by the son-in-law was basically putting – was saying putting him on a plane to Germany would be equivalent to torture for this old man who is in such bad shape physically. However, the U.S. government mm-hmm. wasn't buying it. They sent him over to Germany in 2009. And in Germany, Demanuk stood trial on charges that he had aided the Nazis in killing Jews at the Sobibor death camp in 1943 – by this point, Demaniuk's family claimed he was too old and sick to continue with the process, but doctors cleared him for trial. They're like, you're fine, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nah, he's good. <laughs> um, at the trial, prosecutors said Demaniuk's job at Sobibor was to lead Jews to the gas chambers to be killed. Included in their evidence was an ID card showing that Demaniuk was transferred from the Nazi training camp Tronwinki to Sobibor in March 1943. At that point, Germany had decided to try a new strategy in its pursuit of justice against Nazi war criminals, looking not only for evidence of, of specific killings, but also for evidence that the person had been part of the process in the mass killings, which he definitely was. Um, several Absolutely. former inmates of Sobibor gave evidence in the trial, but it by then was difficult to find living witnesses who could link him to specific deaths. Demaniuk was eventually convicted of being an an accessory to the murder of 27,900 Jews at Sobibor. He was sentenced to five years in prison with credit for the time he'd already served. Um, And in 2012, at the age of 91, while his final appeal against the conviction was pending, he died. Um, So he died behind bars, never got out. So that that last sentence essentially was a life sentence for a man of his age that had already been through all the stuff that he'd been through um, and taken part. You know, I wasn't. But they couldn't put. They still couldn't give him life. I mean, damn, five yeah. years. You couldn't give him. <clears throat> I mean, you just. Well, it was that whole like conversation that we had. They couldn't. You know? they could, I'm surprised that bastard didn't. It, hang it on. was that whole conversation we had earlier about you know if you were if you were a cog in the machine and you you weren't going above and beyond like Ivan the Terrible, what should be done to you after the war ends, you know, like how willing were you of a participant or were you just going along just so you weren't killed yourself or so that your family wasn't killed, you know, right. like, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying so hard not to sound like a Nazi to because I'm the furthest you thing from it, but. Listen, you couldn't be a guard and be like crying as you're, as you're leading yeah. Jews to the chamber being like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You really think they're just going to fucking probably shoot right. you on the spot. Be like, just push you in Many, well. many, many people so, in, in, so I in the get past that point, have but taken still, part in man. things that they, evil things that they didn't want to take part in, but they had no other choice. You know, like if he was just your average Nazi guard at one of these camps, it's just hard to tell what his behavior was. We don't have any evidence that he was doing anything different than any other. You can't treat him differently than the other Nazi guards. They're, they basically treated him at, at, with the standard process of former Nazi concentration camp guard 
but his name was Ivan, <laughs> and he had the machinka, and I know. he had. I know. There's the so Demi much Yoke evidence, and, that, like circumstantial shit, that does point to him being Ivan the Terrible. And his eyes are soulless, are. bro. Look at that. Why do you think he wore those glasses they the are. whole time? He wore those big old those serial killer glasses. But they weren't serial killer glasses. He did some weird sociopathic things, like when he first was brought over to Israel to stand trial, and when he got off the plane, remember he was like, "Can I kiss the grand ground of the Holy Land?" It's like, what are you doing? Are you like trying to troll them? What is this? Are you trying to prove your innocence? What? Like what? I, I, dude. And then he was like putting his hands up and shaking them, doing like you're not Jewish, dude. This isn't your Holy Land. Like you're stop. Yeah. You were a fucking Nazi. Like, what is this? But he's thinking But he's thinking he's from a Christian sect. So all Christian sections of religions see Israel as the Holy Land, even though oh, okay. they're not Jewish. It's, it's this whole thing. So he was trying to say, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a good Christian man. I'm so involved in, in my church. And right. He was trying to act overwhelmed, I guess, to be there, even in this situation. Cause, and he's a good actor. Yeah. He's a good actor, dude. He's been acting for a long time. And if he did the shit that he did, he would have to be on his best behavior. It's like every everything good they told me about him, I was just like, yep, that's what that's what you should do. That's the only way to get away with this. Yep, yep, I would have done yeah. that too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're just, duh. Hey. Of course you would live a quiet life in, in a plant where you're just a number. And then I do the love the idea never, that it's you know. like he got, he lived a normal life for 30 years, but like he had to have in the back of his mind, like when it, it, they might come and get me for what I did, for what I took part in. And they fucking did. Like he, if those, yeah. if those, if he had any like little thoughts in the back of his head about that, you know, they were, they were his clout to yeah, it. I hope you know, he really, you know, I, I, I love yeah. that moment. Kind of like, Man, you know, it really reminds me of all, you know, I'll be gone in the dark by Michelle McNamara uh, about about Euron's about how like you know he got away with it for so long, but like in the back of his mind, he knew that you know someday his day might come, the door might the the door might be knocked on, and you'll have to answer for what you did, and that's what happened with Demaniuk. You know, whether he was Ivan the Terrible or not, what he did over there, the things he he took part in were terrible. You know, and, and he paid for it in the yeah, end. Yeah, but damn, he lived I know, and he got 30 point. years of bliss as damn, a family a man. Life. And, you know, living a quiet life God, in Ohio. God. and But I do love that in the end, he died in prison, you know, and he is many of his golden yeah. years, you know, his retired years after working 30 years in a, you know, car factory, many of his golden years were spent in in court, on trial, he, listening for, you know, for a while he was being trotted into court and had to listen to the stories of what he, you know, what he took part in and what the horrible things that these people went through. You know, I think that was a great form yeah. of punishment in it himself. Just, in itself was them, him sitting there and having to listen to that, you know, and see the pain that he took part in and caused. I don't think you it know? bothered him. I hope it did. I, I think this whole story is one big, like, compressed almost sneeze yeah you know what it, I mean? it, it's like it, nothing and it's, fucking it, happened nobody got and, and it's and the, the way that it really fully ended it proves your point in that it really was kind of like much to do about nothing in the end because even as there had been no ultimate conviction demanuk was presumed to be innocent when he died because he was still uh he he basically was still pending an appeal in germany and so if that last appeal had gone down and he'd been denied and, and then he died, then he would go down on the books as guilty for war Presumed crimes. Presumed to be you know? innocent. But 
he's still presumed innocent officially. But, I mean, we all know. Right. But at the same time, right. for the Jewish people who survived that and the families of them, it's not, you know, that's pretty fucked up that nothing, you know, this man's name is still kind of cleared in a way. Yeah, and he didn't really get punished, in my no. opinion. I mean, a little bit of, I mean, he spent a little time behind bars, but I'm sure that wasn't bad. It was probably in, where that, know, it was cush, that's well protected. That's where you can, that's where isolation. all you can do is hope that there is something after life that, that kind of judges you and for the life you lived. And maybe if there is, I mean, he was, yeah. like you said, a religious man. So the ultimate judgment came after, you know, as far as his beliefs and many religious people, the judgment came after his death in prison. And that's, you know. Right. Yeah, but but I mean, in the Christian faith, if you repent, you're good. He's good to go. If he was living the Christian, but life, did he, did he repent and, because and he just stood right. vehemently saying his innocence? So I mean, I, he. Oh, he doesn't have to repent. <laughs> he can repent to Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Get with it, buddy. He done punched his. You no, know, this is kind of like my church. We we do this <laughs> podcast on Sunday mornings, and and you 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 continually teach me up on how this works. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the church of TCG so, on Sunday mornings, baby. <laughs> That's right, TCG. Oh, crap. You better be careful. We really will be doing some cult shit. Come on, guys. Drink, drink the Flavor Aid. Let's do this. <laughs> Flavor Aid. It's, it's true crime right. pine flavored. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that about does it. Speaking of true yeah. crime pine, though, want to do some uh, sponsors? Or what were you going to say? Do no, you I'm saying let's wrap this episode up. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh. The, Devil, the Devil Next Door, phenomenal yeah. docuseries on Netflix. Their Netflix originals are killing it, man. They are. Some pe- people are like, Netflix is bankrupt. Netflix is going out. Look, I get it. The Disney anywhere. fucking streaming shit came out, but Netflix stuff. does good stuff, man. Don't don't jump ship. You'll be back on it. It's going to be like no. Facebook. You're going to, you know, oh, both. fuck Facebook, I'm quitting. And then you'll, three months later, you're back on it. Well, look. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're already paying for Hulu, you might as well get Disney Plus because you can get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for like twelve. And bucks use a code month. word Michael for so ten percent off. If, <laughs> you sound like you you're advertising know, your shit. If you don't know, now you're in the know. I, I feel like people should know, man. I just heard by word of mouth, and I was like, "Say what?" And I would you be got, interested in phone services with us as well? Because you could actually get a discount with that. <laughs> right? Do you we have a landline in your house? You to take a home yeah. phone now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm like, why are right. y'all still trying to push home phones on me? Stop. Nobody wants them. Do y'all just have like a surplus of those little fucking plastic boxes where you plug They have a warehouse filled in? with old like, fucking dial-up phones. These. Yeah, what is going we'll on? We'll send you three phones. Just sign Nobody certs. Come on. Nobody needs a home phone. <laughs> we don't How many want rooms it? does your house have? We'll send you one for every room and the bathrooms. <laughs> right? We'll throw in a couple uh, uh, LED TVs. What do, you, what do you want from us? <laughs> All right. Where the stupid little thing will come up and tell you who's calling right in the middle of your damn show when you don't give a shit because it's just a telemarketer because nobody has exactly. your whole phone. All right, I'm Michael, why do my pit smell so damn good? Oh my Gaia. Uh, probably because Oh my Gaia is in them. Well, at least it. How the be hell did Lauren, you know? Or this advertisement is not going to be very effective. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know? Because we only use Oh my Gaia. Oh my Gaia is an innovative all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. Guys, there's a ton of scents to choose from, like we alluded to earlier. Our own scent, True Crime. Have you tried the Sailor yet? uh, It's available all the time. Sailor is awesome, right? right? It's my new favorite. I love it. You know... That's you know what I like about living across the country from you. I can also have Sailor as a favorite, and it's not weird. I never thought it was weird, but whatever, you know, man. Nope, 
Well, you know, I mean, if we go somewhere together, we don't want to smell That's the true. same. We have our own flavors. You know what I mean? Right. But see, over here, I'm sa- I'm the sailor flavor over here on the East Coast. You're holding it down with the sailor flavor. Sailor flavor? flavor? <laughs> sailor flavor. Flavor you know saver is my beard, and I use beard oil in that as well. Saver, sailor. <laughs> Can we get a flavor saver together? <laughs> Sounds good. People uh, were trying it. I saw somebody on the uh, clothes group. He said he uh, he tried it. Not so good, but it smells amazing. Tried what? So... Oh, on his deodorant. beard. I think that I think that might have been my fault because I, I said that it's so organic you can eat it. But yeah, then, I mean it might. It, um, yeah, the you might have like a little film. Yeah, in don't your beard eat it if you use the deodorant there. You know, you, you need to use the oil. The oil you want to you want to oil yeah. your beard up, man. You, you want, want the, the shininess. beard oil in the deodorant. Right. Okay, we're we're really stretching this out, guys. There's a ton of scents: vanilla, cherry, almond wood, sandalwood, lavender. Most importantly, lemon, true crime grass, pine, Egyptian musk, and true crime pine. Of course, like we said, and guys, because you're creepers. You can use the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 15% off at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. Yeah. Woo. All right. So we need to also you. shout Thank out you. people who have taken the time to go write and review uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. We, we thank you guys so much. That goes a long way um, as far as helping the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. It's the best way to yeah, help the no show. Doubt. So I'm trying to pull those up right now. If you can fill time somehow, All or right. we can. Um, sure. I've been reading some of the reviews. I, re- I really like reading the reviews lately. There've been been a lot of fire emojis. I oh noticed. yeah, the fire emojis um, are rolling in. Yeah, we've been getting some uh, UK reviews lately. Yeah, that's cool too. Pretty All cool. Right. All right, or, fellas, uh, thank you very much. The pond. We, we do <laughs> fucking appreciate it, mate. Okay? Yeah, Australian. Oh, we're going. Well, we get some from Australia too. We get some from Australia. Oh yeah. Yeah, Australia's pretty good. They a lot of Australians don't like how we talk over each other. Fuck but, off. You no, know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> fuck off down under. No, All right. Uh, uh I think I found them. You know, it, I think it, it I happens. found them. I I may do a couple okay, cool. of uh, repeats cuz I, I don't know exactly where we left off, but hey, if you get a double down uh shout out, good for you. Mm. Did you check the freeloader app because I did some Oh, you did? App. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you bastard. What's what reviews are you uh, looking at? Let me see Let's what you see. got going on. Then here. okay, so November twentieth would have been when you released that. Okay, this is quality is, podcasting. Man. I think the people love. Yeah, I, I think this I think is real stuff this. here. All right, I'll start here. Jo- Jaboyette okay. said, "Love the show." Oh, I, I said I what about, gave him a shout what, out, but that's what cool. about Jaboyette? Lev 08? Uh, no, uh, he so. said, "Awesome podcast." Uh, two thumbs up. Favorite was Pablo Escobar. Right on. K Mag said, "Love y'all. Keep creeping. Thank you, um, Marty Party. Hell yeah." Um, said, "If you like my favorite murder, listen to these guys. Hell yeah, they're great too." Uh, cool. Yes. Gingerbread Man Twenty Two said, "It's like crack." Binged every episode. You guys are hilarious. Thank you. Uh, and <laughs> T Cole, thank you. Uh, said, "Very in- entertaining." Been binge listening. We do recommend binge listening. Nice. If you're a new listener, binge them all. Yeah. Binge listening is the best. Don't listen to one where we talked for 20 minutes before we got to the story. Yeah, don't go write like, bad reviews because <laughs> yeah, we uh, did all the, all the <laughs> ads and uh, talking and stuff in the beginning. Stuff at yeah. the beginning. Rookie yeah. mistakes. Yeah, we've, Rookie we've mistakes. We've adapted. You know, we've evolved. I had somebody hit me up on uh, Facebook, and they wanted to, wanted to know if we could release the old True Crime Las Vegas apps. Yep. Remember those? The four yeah, that we did? Yeah, shit. 
And I was like, nah, <laughs> they were I don't shit. think we're going to do that. We were still learning, guys. <laughs> I was like, we, yeah, we were still learning. And we said, we said some things. Personal that, stuff. In my opinion, were personal, but also maybe insensitive. Yeah. Um, just because we were kind of getting our bearings on, on this whole thing. And we were, you know, at least I was for sure. I was nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know what should be said, what shouldn't be said. I, um, I wasn't and still am not a very eloquent speaker. So, you know, I don't really want to put those out there. And plus there are people, those cases were very yeah. local. Yeah. We decided we, they we were didn't all want to shit where Vegas. we ate anymore. Were, That's why we started going worldwide. Crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's shit on people in, you know, Chicago or something. They have lots of murder. Yeah. Murders. Go eat some hoagies. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. It's <laughs> you a pizza pie where you put the sauce on top yeah, of it. Yeah, hogies are more like Philadelphia, right? In Chicago. It's my hogies. Yeah, yeah. But you, why do why do Chicago pizza? Why, Bro, why that's not fucking that? pizza. That's a bread bowl with some fucking soup in it. Thank you. Stop putting the sauce on top. Nobody that's tomato that soup like with a, in a bread bowl. That's not pizza. Ugh. Get out of here. Get out of here. New York. New York does Just it stop right. Stop doing it, people. New, New York. York pizza all the way. I mean, I guess I've never been there, but that, you know, our imitation New York pizza in Vegas is the best kind. <laughs> now you got some pretty good because they're New yeah. Yorkers. You got some good. That's what you have to do. You got to find the Italians or the New right. Yorkers that, or or both, right. <laughs> that opened up a little pizza shop. We got one here in my town. It's called Enzo's. Enzo. Hey Enzo, place, dude. It's like a little hole in the wall. You know, it's good when you walk in and they're kind of rude, is, bro. You know, you got the right place. They're kind of like, "What do you yes. want?" And you're like, "Yeah, the oh, lady fuck. works there." Yeah, <laughs> it's like the soup Nazi. The lady's like, "Sit down. I'll be right there." <laughs> I, I love that because I'm like, damn, if you're that rude and you're staying in business, this food No pizza for you. Bomb. Like, give me some. Come back like, one year. Come on, please. <laughs> I'll pay double. <laughs> you just want to eat it. The, the more rude they are, the more you yeah. want to be there. <laughs> you know right. that food's good. All right. Are we done? But, all right. Are we fucking I done? done? I think we're done. I think we... I think we're done here. We got to watch some football, dude. I got to watch my Panthers Bro, get there. Oh, what happened? Together. The 49ers the just ruined Kyle Allen's, Kyle Allen's career. Apparently, he has been, really he's been garbage ever since that game. I, I can't believe he took you know that I'm loss saying this. so bad. I wouldn't you know have taken these things. You know why, right? I'm, I'm, now that we beat you guys, I'm cool with you guys winning again. So I'm saying you guys, Oh. you know, Kyle Allen's, he's going to suck right. now. So he's He's trash. garbage. He's garbage, yeah. But I feel more confident about uh, about going up against those Saints after I've seen what the Falcons did. But The, the Dirty Falcons Birds, weird, they got dude. hot, bro. It was weird. In conference, but in conference, they're always like that. Like, they can be going, like, 0-13 right. when you meet them for the first time, and we're still worried in Carolina. We're like, oh, shit. We made <laughs> Dude, the, the Cardinals for us. The 49ers, we had two games we easily could have lost against the Cardinals, and they're just not very good. But, man, they play I'm as hard. I'm telling you. It's like they're – yeah, it's like their coach just right. has us or something. They see like, it twice a year. Every year they know what, what works for you and what works against you. I guess so. The divisional games. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons, they're they're going to get some of them conference wins. Boy, I Dirty birds. You. Down at Hotlanta. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. A bunch of, most of our fans don't even give a nope. shit about this. But hey, this is kind of like bonus material at the end of the hey. show. Whatever. I'm stretching. Oh, you right. can listen to that. Hanging out. Oh. Talking, catching up. All right. Keep creeping, guys. See you next week. Dude, that's I a good it. stretch. All right. Later. Keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down. Let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us, cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. 
sit down, let us talk, gotcha. I'm talking to the creeper army, we out here making murder charming.